Welcome to Basecamp for Men. I'm your host, Tony Rezac. This is the show that gives you insights and resources on how to live a more courageous life. We'll be looking at men, the current state of masculinity, and how to create a more inspiring narrative for all men. Welcome and let's get started. I have been a bit smitten with Bitcoin the past couple of years, as you can probably tell. And I want to continue to build our understanding of this and what it means for humanity and our future. I believe that the future is very bright for humanity, and I believe that Bitcoin is a central component to this future. We've never seen anything like this as an asset class in the history of our people. The globalist-controlled central banks, led by families like Rothschild, Rockefeller, etc., etc., have controlled all aspects of money until the arrival of Bitcoin in 2009. The widespread adoption of Bitcoin is inevitable, I believe. My hope is that you come to see Bitcoin for what it is, an incredible gift that allows us to move into a future where money is neither scarce, losing value, or controlled by corrupt entities. To me, Bitcoin is an accelerator in our evolution, a gift from the future. And one day, I believe good historians will write about the birth and widespread adoption of Bitcoin, and future generations will wonder how we ever got along before its inception. With that being said, I love speaking with visionary and futurists, and these tend to go hand in hand whenever the topic of Bitcoin is being discussed. My guest today is one such guest, a man who has been at the forefront of podcasting and Bitcoin. Let's go sit around the fire and have a chat with him. My guest today is an entrepreneur, Bitcoiner, and has the distinction of being one of the first 100 podcasters in the world. Gary Leland is the co-founder of Podcast Movement, the largest podcast conference on the planet, and he currently invests in Bitcoin and creates and hosts the podcast, The Bitcoin Boomer Show. Here is my interview with Gary Leland. All right, I'm here with Gary Leland. Bitcoiner, entrepreneur, thought leader, podcaster, legendary podcaster, Gary Leland. Gary, welcome to Basecamp for Men. It's great to have you on the show. Yeah, nice to be on the show. Looking forward to it. Yeah, you know, I, I found you, you. You've been you're an you're an early you're, you've been in all kinds of businesses. Early, early podcaster, early Bitcoiner. Um, you know, I'll share a little bit. My my listeners know my journey in crypto and then how I become kind of more of a Bitcoin maximalist as I as I have learned more. Um, and you know, you you have been a longtime uh, investor, Bitcoiner. Um, you you run a, a a conference down there in Texas, and which we'll talk about. But I guess my first question, I just wanted to ask you, how did you first? get interested in Bitcoin? Like what caught your attention? Was it, was it friends that were talking a lot about it? Was the community you were in, people were starting to get interested or you just curious? And then how did that change over the, you know, when did you get in? And then how has that changed over the years? Did were you, were you broadly crypto and then really in Bitcoin or were you just always a purist on the Bitcoin? Like what, what has been your kind of journey in that? And when did it start? I think I had a pretty typical uh, start basically. Usually I find on the average, most people take uh, three times, um, three hits before they finally pick up on it, uh, being shown it or explained it or being exposed to it three times. I think the first time I was exposed to it, it was around $100. And I was by a friend of mine who was buying and selling it. And he explained it to me as uh, online stocks. He said, it's like online stocks. And I said, I'm not interested in that at all. Um, and the second time I was exposed to it was by Adam Curry. 
And I think it was about a thousand dollars. And you know, what he he didn't say a lot about it, but that was really the second time uh, I knew of it. Uh, and the third time I was just speaking at a conference in Dallas a year or so later, and a friend of mine was in the hallway explaining Bitcoin to several friends of mine, and I just got through speaking. So I was coming down the hall and I came in about halfway through the conversation. And when he got through, they all just left. And I really don't think any of them are in Bitcoin to this day. Mm. So um, he had said something though, while I was there though, that really appealed to me. He said it was like um, the missing internet protocol for money. Hmm. And that really interested me because I had, well, I'd started my first e-commerce site in 96. Mm-hmm. Tried building it in 95, but I couldn't get that shopping cart built. It was kind of hard. You, you couldn't buy a shopping cart, really. Right, right, right. Yep. And so I was in the internet a long time. So when he said the missing internet protocol, that really drew my attention. So I said, hey, can you explain You know what I missed on this conversation? And I think it's about 1 o'clock. And at 5 o'clock, 5.30, the conference was over for the day. And we were still sitting on the couch talking. So uh, I went home, listened to a podcast on the way home called him up and said, hey, are you going to be at the conference tomorrow? If so, can I uh, talk to you about Bitcoin some more? Listen to another podcast or two before I saw him. Met him that afternoon. We went to his house. He showed me his mining machines. He was mining. And that afternoon, I made a sizable purchase for uh, Bitcoin. Mm. Um, And I've been buying ever since. I mean, I bought today. I mean, I buy a lot. I like buying Bitcoin. Right now, it's on sale. Yeah, that's um, what I've been telling. You know, it's funny, Gary, I, I have people, friends of mine that have been sitting on the sidelines and they're like, I'm waiting for it to go to 10. I'm like, I wouldn't wait for 10. You're getting incredible value right now. Like if you're waiting for that, it could start taking off the other direction. But I, I think it's super valuable. I also bought some today. Um, I think 10 would be a, a, a reach. Anything's possible. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, I'm, yeah. Not, I'm not a financial advisor. Right. I think it could go down another there, there are things that could happen that could make it go down another four or five, but yep. 10 would be a reach. And I think we'll know the answer in about two weeks. I think okay. in about two weeks, we'll, when the Mount Gox money or Mount Gox Bitcoins are released, yeah. I think we'll know this, the, uh, the story then. But, you know, really, let's just put it this way, though. In all reality, I don't care if you buy it now at, what is it, 19800 probably at this moment, or if you buy it at 15,000. I know. In five years, you're going to have so much wealth, I believe, that you're not going to care that you I missed $5,000. Exactly. So uh, that's, the, that's the problem is people always are saying that thinking they need to hold on and get that extra five. They, they really don't understand what it is. They think it's a I stock. Know. I know. And that's where they're making their mistake. It's not a stock. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I saw Michael Saylor on one of the news channels and, you know, they, they try to like, you know, he's such a, he's such a, one of the big faces of Bitcoin, you know, because of his massive investment, his portfolio for his company, you know, and they were, you could see they were trying to say kind of, we got you, you know, how you feeling now that, you know, you bought it, you know, you were buying up at 40, 50, 60, and now it's, it's 20. And he didn't even bat an eye. He goes, look, he goes, it doesn't change my philosophy at all. He goes, I, I'm just resigned that I'm, I'm going to be buying at the top my whole life. You know, and I was like, I thought that was a great response. He's like, he's not like, oh yeah, maybe I made a mistake. He's like, no, I didn't, I've made no mistakes on this. And, you know, I just, 
I'm going to be buying the top when it goes up, up, up too. I'm not looking for yard sales. I'm looking to keep putting uh, my energy into this direction because this is the future. And and I just thought it was a really great even keel. He wasn't having any of that, you know, you screwed up kind of thing. I was over at Michael's house about a month ago. Maybe it was two months ago now. And as he explained it, he's just dollar cost averaging. Yeah. He's just dollar cost averaging with a lot more money than you and I dollar cost right, averaging. Right, right, right. So that's all he's doing is dollar cost averaging. And I was buying it. I was buying at 40,000. I so bought it 60,000. I yeah. bought a 70,000 or 69 or whatever. And yeah. I'm not upset about it. So no. he's just buying with a lot more money, but doing the same thing we're doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good point. Good point. You know, there's, I see, I see kind of two broad, there's a lot to, to the Bitcoin phenomenon. Um, but I see two kind of aspects. There's, there's the monetary thing that we've kind of been touching on as a store of value. I think people, lay persons, even, even people that are not in understand, huh, I wonder if this is where things are going in terms of, of finance, uh, currency and all that. But there's also, there's also a culture around the Bitcoiners. And it is, you hear terms like sovereignty, freedom, uh, freedom from the shackles of the central banks. Um, and there's a lot of joy. And, um, you know, my experience with Bitcoiners is they're some of the most optimistic, upbeat, joyful, visionary people that I've seen, which is an attractor. Um, and, you know, I saw somebody wrote something the other day about they were at one of the it might have even been the conference that you were that you had co-founded that we'll talk about. But they said, yeah, you know, people think that Bitcoiners are these kind of greedy, you know, they're trying to win the lottery. And he goes, but when you talk to them, they're people that are really smart. They're, they enjoy savings and they, they see it as a lifeboat more than a lottery. And I thought that really kind of captured it. Um, but I wanted you to maybe touch on that. Like what, what are you seeing in the broader culture as you talk to more and more Bitcoiners? Cause it's a growing community, but the qualities of the community, I think are, are really admirable. They're upbeat. I, I feel good when I talk Bitcoin with other Bitcoiners. Yeah, I, I agree. One thing I definitely agree on, Bitcoiners are smart people, mm -hmm. most of them. I am usually feel like I'm the dumbest person in the room, and I, I'm not used to feeling that way my whole life, but I am now in this uh, genre. Um, they're definitely a bunch of smart people that are Bitcoiners, and they really feel like um, they're doing their, their job is to help other people take advantage of this financial freedom. Mm -hmm. This is the first time in the history of mankind there's been a form of currency or uh, store value or or whatever however you want to look at it it's the first time in mankind's history this has been available in a form that no one can take from you right now if you say that's not a big deal well ask those truckers in canada who just had uh, all their bank accounts frozen yep. because they were striking and protesting you ask uh, black people whose ancestors in oklahoma on the Black Wall Street, had that burnt down and all their money taken away. Right. Um, money has been taken away, and the banks are the ones that normally get the money that's taken away. Mm -hmm. um, whether it's taken away from you in inflation, which is just a, a legal, a terrible tax on everybody, and it's worse tax on the poor, or if it's taken away in taxes, or however it's taken away, Bitcoin cannot be taken away. Uh, I guess it could by force. So the, the, the hardest way is the $5 wrench attack where someone comes up to you with a wrench and says, give me your Bitcoin passwords. Or I'm going to 
you know, hit you in the head with this wrench. Yeah. You know, th- that's probably the easiest way to get it. But yeah. there are ways to prevent that from happening. You know, even if they do have the wrench, you're going to go, I can't possibly give it to you if I want to. Right. You know, um, so uh, Bitcoin is a chance, the first chance in human history for self-sovereignty of your money. And people really, really, hardcore Bitcoiners, really, that's a big thing to them is having the right to their money. It's your money. It's no one else's money. No one else has a right to it. And uh, if, if, and if you think that the government uh, is going to come take your money and you think that's okay, then there's something wrong with that, too. Totally. I mean, the, the fact yeah. that you, when people go, well, aren't you scared the government's going to take it? Well, there's something wrong with that if you think the government should be able to come just take your stuff, you right. know, just because they want it more than you do. Yeah, um, yeah. Where gold, people would say the same thing with, but gold's not really the same thing. You know, uh, they took all your gold away one time. They did. You know, they, yep. made, you ca- they made you cash it in and mm-hmm. you could keep four ounces and that's all you could keep. And then the next day after they got it all, they doubled the price. So yeah. your dollar dropped in value. <laughs> I mean, the government... The banks really don't care about you that much. No, no, not at all. I mean, do you, do you think as, as we kind of take a look at the future, do you think you're going to have developing tracks where, okay, let's, let's say you and I, we're over in the Bitcoin world. We're, we're big believers. We're, we're, we're putting assets and we're, we're building our future there. And then, you know, the central banks, um, you know, all the capital that the Bitcoiners are taking out of the system and moving over and self-custody and all that. So the, the banks, uh, you know, they're probably going to they're going to roll out a central bank digital currency. And, you know, if it's if it's well, sure, that's going to happen. Yeah. yeah and, that, and, 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 and you can tie that one to more vaccines or, you know, we, we want you to do this or you have to spend it at Bill Gates's uh, supermarket or only with Amazon or wh- whatever the requirements that the government... Well, if you, or if you're protesting like yeah. the Canadian truck drivers, sure, it's a lot easier. They don't even have to take the money out of your bank. They just yeah. turn off your wallet. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. So, I mean, it's... I Here, here's see, what I see happening yeah, with yeah, the banks. I see the banks will... Uh, Bitcoin's inevitable to me. It's too late to stop it. It's too big. If they wanted to stop it, they should have done it 10 years ago. It's too late now. Um, They can harm it. They can slow it down. They can do whatever they want to, but they can't stop it. So I see some point in time, the banks, they're not stupid. I mean, let's face it. They're not stupid and they know how to make money and they're good at it and they control government. So at some point in time, banks will start selling and holding Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. And you'll walk into a bank and you'll say, hey, I, I need to deposit $500 and put this 20, I want $20 worth of Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And they will custody, custody it for you. People right. right now are so used to being taken care of and hand fed. Yeah. And buying and holding Bitcoin in your own wallet is a little chore to figure out if you haven't done it. And if you're not computer literate, there's mm-hmm. a little bit of a learning curve. For sure. So yep. people will gladly say, thank you, Mr. Bank of America. Here's twenty dollars for some Bitcoin, and I'll just look online to see how much Bitcoin I have that you're holding for me. That's what will probably happen, and then then they'll figure out a way to screw you on that somehow down the road. Totally. Probably. I mean, I, that's, I, that's what'll happen. I see. Pe- I see people who are new in the space. That I mean, I was fortunate. I had a kind of a purist teach me and say, you know, not your keys, not your Bitcoin kind of thing. So he's like, you have to learn the whole system. You can't learn. You're not going to leave it up on the exchanges. But there's a lot of newbies 
that are like, I don't want to self custody. That sounds like a pain in the butt or what happens? It is a pain in the butt. I know, but it's like, they're like, <laughs> they're growing all of this wealth up on Coinbase or Kraken or, or Binance or whatever. And I'm like, Oh man, once that number starts getting kind of higher, aren't you nervous? They're like, yes, I am nervous. I'm like, well, you could self custody some of it just to hedge a little bit, you know, and learn how to do that instead of leaving it all online, you know. Here's a real good story for you. This is a really good story for what you're talking about. My neighbor, I'm not going to say where they live at, one of my neighbors, um, I saw maybe two years ago at a party we have in the neighborhood. We have a small community, maybe 70 houses. So we have Mm -hmm. parties at the clubhouse. And I guess he knew because he was close enough to me that I was a Bitcoiner. He said, I have some Bitcoin. I said, well, good for you. I said, I'm glad to hear that. I said, where'd you buy it at? And he said, Voyager. I said, oh, I don't know anyone who's ever bought Bitcoin there before. What made you decide to buy your Bitcoin at Voyager? He goes, well, my fraternity brother, he's really smart about this stuff. Mm. So he told me that was the place to go. And I said, oh, so have you put it into a wallet? And he goes, I'm just leaving it on Voyager. I said, I would move it. So this was like two years ago. So I saw him two weeks ago walking down the street. I said, hey, do you still have that? (laughs) <laughs> Bitcoin over a Voyager? And he goes, yeah, yeah, I do. And I said, man, if I was you, I would get it off of there as fast yeah. as I could. I would yeah. do it tomorrow. I would do it tonight. I would go yep. home right now and do it. Yep. He goes, oh, why? And I said, because they're getting ready to go under. Yep. And uh, he called, I see him, he goes, okay, I see him like four days later. Mm-hmm. I was on a Friday, I think. And I said, hey, did you get your Bitcoin off of there? And he goes, nah, I'm going to do it next week. Um, oh, I said, well, you can't do it now. They're not letting anyone take their Bitcoin off of there. And he goes, what do you mean? I said, Ouch. it's frozen. You can't take your Bitcoin off of there. It's theirs now. And I think the judge, the bankruptcy judge has already said that Bitcoin belongs to Voyager, not to the people whose Bitcoin who put yep. it there. Yep. And that will go into the bankruptcy to pay off the banks and people who gave them loans. Yeah. So yep. there is a perfect example. This is not people got to realize these exchanges like Coin the uh Voyager and everywhere, they are not banks. They do not have FDIC insurance. Right. They are not. You just buy your Bitcoin there and you remove it as soon as you buy it. Yeah. I mean, if yep. you've got to use those particular ones, buy it and move it. You don't Get leave anything there. on an exchange because it's not yours. You're you are 100 percent right. If you yep. don't have the keys in your personal wallet, it's not your Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. You know, you uh you were one of the founders of Bitblock Boom. Did that just start last year? No, this is our fifth year. Oh, your fifth year. Okay. Um, and yeah, what is that like? Um, it's in Austin. What kind of stuff does, does a participant expect when they go to Bitblock Boom besides awesome conversations with a great community? Um, what, what kinds of stuff can, are, they, are they exposed to? What's the vibe like? Uh, how do people register? All that stuff. Well, anyone can uh, see the information at bitblockboom.com. It's the last weekend in August. And as you said, it's in Austin. But unlike most conventions, it's a Bitcoin only convention. And it's yeah. a real Bitcoin only convention is the difference. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you can't even I mean, I don't even have, you know, the biggest advertisers at conventions are spot are uh, exchanges. Mm-hmm. I don't have any exchanges because only one out of a thousand of their products are Bitcoin. So they're not Bitcoin companies. Right. Mine is you can't even have a banner that has another currency on it at mine. You're not allowed to talk about another currency or people will report you and I will have to come over and talk to you and tell you to quit it. Wow, um, yeah. so, um, but it's more of a networking conference than it is your normal conference. Like 
it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Thursday. And, and there's only one day of speakers. Mm-hmm. Saturday mm-hmm. is the only day we have speakers. Got it. Um, so, uh, so it's dinners and events. Like um, we rent a gun range and we go, people can go out there. Bitcoin is going to go out there and shoot guns. Nice. You know, a lot of people that come from overseas, they've never held a gun. Right. So they're right. really excited to come to yeah, a place yeah. and shoot a gun. Sure. And then we take, uh, we have, you know, Riot Blockchain is the biggest mining company, maybe in the, one of the biggest in the U.S. Yeah. Uh, they're uh, about an hour and hour and a half away. So we've rented uh, charter buses and we're taking people out for a tour of that mining facility. And uh, you, so, we, so we do events where people talk, not sit yeah. there and listen. Yeah, in most yeah. events, you sit there and listen and you have to go out in the hallway if you want to network. Yeah. My conference is not people talking; it's networking. Do you, do you do you invest? In just what, when you were talking about the mining company, I just wanted to ask you: Do you invest? And this is not financial advice for the listeners. I'm just asking you: um, Do you invest in mining companies? Like when I was talking to Jeff Devick, he he has a portfolio, and he likes like Hut Eight and some of these mining companies. I, and I, I have and, Hut Eight. Yeah, I and I and I was I was asking him off the air. I said, "Isn't that doesn't that correlate if I'm if I'm in Bitcoin and I am uh, am aren't I covered like what what is the value of 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 investing in a in a mining company that's that's completely correlated to Bitcoin if I already am, you know, a convinced well, Bitcoin so what what's the Well, what's, most yeah. a lot of, you know, I'm an older fellow. I'm 67, so mm-hmm. I have money that's in uh, the market for yeah, instance, so uh, IRAs mm-hmm. and things like that that I don't want to pull out. Right. So yeah. I put that, I, I have funds in there. So I've moved those into Bitcoin companies. Got it. I uh, which, see. I'm, which I'm down right now on. Yeah. Um, to yeah. be honest with you, but Bitcoin's down. So, but I feel I'm as worried about it as I am about anything. You know, I have micro strategies and yeah, you know, yeah. several companies. So, I mean, we all need to go into my portfolio, but that's the reason yeah. I do it. If I pulled I it out and bought Bitcoin with it, I'd have to pay capital gains on Got it. Got it. So, so it's a way. Just, it's it's a way of it's a way of betting on Bitcoin inside of the financial structures you already have your portfolio in, so you don't have to pull it out. Right. But now you know yeah. you can do um, self-hosted. Uh, I think it's called self-hosted. You can do IRAs now with Bitcoin. Mm. You know, so my last uh, three my last three Roths have been Bitcoin Roths. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so you can do that. And, uh, you know, like uh, Unchained Capital, for instance, they bought KeyKeeper. KeyKeeper was owned by a guy in New Jersey, Jeff Vandrew. He's an attorney and an accountant. And he mm-hmm. set it up for people that wanted to buy Bitcoin in an IRA. Got so it. they bought that. And if you go to Unchained Capital, I'm not making any money if you buy it there. Yeah, right, um, right, right. I would right. tell you if I was. But that's what I do. I go there and I buy $7,000 worth of Bitcoin yeah, in my yeah. IRA. So yeah, now... Yeah. I put my money into Bitcoin and I don't invest anymore into the market at all, to be honest with you. But the money's there that is there. Right. I am I, get I am I, switching to Bitcoin. I, I'm in a similar situation as you. Um a little bit younger than you, but I, I have the same kind of portfolio going on where I'm like, well, I don't want to be taxed on that. Well, Gary, thanks so much for coming on. Did you want to uh, are you still doing four minute Bitcoin podcast? Is that something that's still well, Right What's, now, I, I'm taking a little break on uh, four minute Bitcoin. Um, I'll that. probably start that up back up in September. I am doing the Bitcoin Boomer Show right now. Okay, um, that's a podcast, audio podcast, and it's a uh, video. I do it once a week, and I bring on. Well, yeah, I've been in this a long time, so I have great friends that are in this. So I bring on one of them every week. Nice, and we where, talk about Bitcoin. Where do where can listeners find that? iTunes, 
like anywhere. Two, I mean, anywhere. It should be everywhere. I mean, Bitcoin. maybe there's somewhere it's not, but they should define it everywhere. Bitcoin boomer. Yeah, Bitcoin boomer show. Nice. Bitcoin boomer show. All right. Well, Gary, thanks so much for coming on and sharing your insight and your wisdom. Super excited to connect with you. Um, and good luck with Bitcoin. Good luck with uh, the conference and uh, just keep in touch. I really loved our, our chat today. So thank you. Yeah. Had a good time. I hope you enjoyed our time with Gary Leland. You're going to start to see a lot more of these retirement structures that focus on Bitcoin as one of the core holdings. Gary mentioned one that is unchained capital. You can invest your IRA or Roth IRA and buy Bitcoin directly inside of those financial structures. Sounds like a great way to build wealth for your future. I'll be looking at unchained capital as well as it fits nicely in what I'm doing. You can find all this and a free consultation with unchained capital at www.unchained.com. If you find value in our show and wish to show us some love, we are now making that very easy to do. You simply go to www.basecampformen.com and click on Donate Support Basecamp. You'll find an easy way to make either monthly donations for as little as $5 a month, or you can donate just once. We love the monthly donation and hope to build this up over the coming months, but any show of support is greatly appreciated, honestly. Thank you for your support and for helping to keep Basecamp as a resource on your hero's journey. That's our show for today. Man, remember that the story of your life is not yet all told. I'm Tony Rezac, and thank you for listening to Basecamp for Men.